The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Did you want to take it up with Andrew on the show or before the show? Oh man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, oh, I didn't. I, I listened, so I'm just I'm waiting for this because I, I I'd like to okay. see how I'm hypocritical and how the rest of this shit goes. Okay, wanna... first and foremost, oh, let, 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 let me here get, we go. Let, let, let me let me get the little ones out the way first. The little gripes. These are just uh-huh. pe- you know pet peeves. Sure. Um, in your words, you called uh, NXT Takeover. Uh, it was what was it? A run in the mill show or a ho hum show? Mediocre. Joker, ho-ho, yeah, something like that. Like, I think middle of the road is what I said, but... Yes, so how in the bloody hell could it possibly be a middle-of-the-road show and you put three out of the, the majority of the matches on your match of the week list? That that just doesn't make no Can I sense. ask you a question? Since sure. you are a learned individual, so I'll if you were to get two A's, a B-plus, and then two D's, does that not bring your grade point average down to about a C? Two Ds is a little strong, man. I really like that Bianca Blair. Uh, oh, I hated that match. match. I love that match. I couldn't stand. See, this, this is the difference. Is because Ono, Ono and Riddle to me was a TV match. It was a waste of time. It shouldn't have been on a Takeover. That's and then fair, but that was a bad match either. It was awful. They had no chemistry, and it it wasn't all. I'm like, I'm not even going to say it was Belair's fault because I love Belair. Don't get me wrong. I'll talk about her forever as being great and up and coming. But they don't work well together. And the camera angles, when Baszler had her in the Kirifuda at the end, it made the Kirifuda look weak. And the fact that they kept kind of going back to it, it looked weird. And the and the Belair's 450 that landed on her foot, and it wasn't even close to anything. Like, that match was just such a clunky clusterfuck. Like, I could not tolerate it. N- n- number one, Riddle and Ono, yeah, that was a TV match. Like, they, they've actually had that match a couple times on TV. You know but what I mean, it was cool. Match, no, no. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm i agreeing with you. But they beat the hell out of each other, man. It was stiff as fuck. You saw the, what was it, the boot or the knee that Riddle took that bust into his mouth open? Like, they, it, it was it was cool for what it was. The Bianca, I always forget this woman's name. Shayna Baszler, man. Yeah, it was good, man. The crowd was into it. I bought into the near falls. Baszler, or excuse me, Bianca comes out of it looking strong. She basically beat up two, three women before she actually, and didn't tap. She passed out. She didn't tap. That's probably the ending they should have had in the Becky Oscar match. Like Becky probably should have passed out, but whatever. That doesn't. It's neither here nor there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But either way, man. Come on, man. That uh, run in the mill show, but, but three that, great that's matches. That's where I look at it because shit. I hated Philly last year, but I don't think I did a write up because we weren't doing write ups at that point. But the okay, only no. match that I liked from Philly was Gargano and and Almas, and that was fucking fantastic. But that's that show scored lower than this one did. So like a seven for NXT a. C is bad when we expect A's and B. We're 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 basically a Chinese family when it comes to NXT takeovers. Like anything below like an A, we're just like you know you can do better, and oh, that, that's Jesus. the problem. So it's like we got a C here, and I'm just like no, I'm done. Number so, two, next. Num- number two, and this is the biggest contention. Shoot, I argued with you and chewed your ass out last year because you re- refute not literally. Calm down. Because <laughs> hey. refused, refused, outright refused 
to put the women's Royal Rumble match in the match of the week. And you said, and I quote, I don't include Rumble matches because they are gimmick matches. But lo and behold, 365 days later, bada boom, bada bing, Mm-mm. all of a sudden, the women's Royal Rumble match is in the top five. And you, no, 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 you're not going to backpedal out of this. No, one. There, there's no backpedal did. here because I'm pretty sure I didn't use the words. I won't include a Rumble in the top five because it's a gimmick. My argument to you See, was not, the fact that I won't rank now them highly. I won't rank them a five or a four and a half because I have a very how, how simple score. How I have a bad, a good, and a great. I have a bad, a good, and a great. That's kind of how that goes. How's it not ranked highly and it's in your five matches of the week? Out of the all the ma- all of the uh-huh. wrestling matches that took places last week, that was in your top five. But that's not ranked highly. Yes. No, not because it's bad, good, great. So two, three, four is how I rank Rumble style things. If you check Battle Riot, I think I gave that a three. If you check anything like the All In Rumble, I might have given a two or a three. I don't rank them. As same as a wrestling match because they lose, they don't have the same elements. There isn't psychology really because it's hard to kind of see everything going on. It's hard no, to nitpick about bullshit. spots. It's hard to do all this other shit. No, this bullshit. No, there is no you bullshit. You need to run for president because you totally just backed out of that one. No, 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 no. You said last year I you don't include rumble in my exactly five. My I said if because you they're gimmick matches. Rumble in the top five because it's a gimmick match. That's fine. And, 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 and I. Yes. I Personally, remember saying it's something like I won't rank it highly, as in four, like over four, which is highly to me. Because, like I said, two, three, four is bad, good, great. Anything over four is usually like the fantastic things. How is like, it not rank highly with the hundreds and thousands of wrestling matches that went on last week? It was in like, your top five. How is that not ranked highly? Seven, five, or three and a quarter, or three. There was no like bad, bad match really, aside from what I did. I hated Baszler and. And Belair, and the worst thing from fucking Rumble was that shitty throw together Rude, Gable, Rizar, and Scott Dawson match. It wasn't awful, but it was worthless. And see, nothing see, this, else. And see, this is this, this the thing, man. In, instead of just coming out and saying, you know what, I'm full of shit, you got me, my bad. <laughs> Like a you know, like a like a man you would do. Me when I said it's the way out of this shit. And there is wording. no, no. I think you're no. misremembering the wording because I've told I've told you I told multiple people I don't rank them the same way that I rank a match because you can't rank a rumble like you that. Said I won't include it in my top five because it's a gimmick match and I don't include gimmick matches. I don't think I said that because I don't think anything was even four. I think both Rumbles were three last year, so I wouldn't put it in the second top five anyway. And you can't say it's not ranked highly because it's in your top five. Like, again, that doesn't make dog sense. If it's in your top five, you clearly have it ranked highly because it's in your top five. The week, it was one of the higher ones of the week. Yes, but the way I perceive high would be... Anything that makes it over four. The f- anything over four to five. So it's a B, like a high B to an A. That That's highly to me. Not just barely scraping into like, a, you know, a B. That That's not what it is to me. So between Finn Bauer and Barack Lesnar and Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey, you had those two matches rated lower than the Women's Royal Rumble. Balor, Balor, fucking Lesnar, I rated at three and three quarters, which was higher than most people. And I think I checked it was the same as Meltzer, which that doesn't mean jack shit. I'm not even trying to say that. It does, because that's clearly your your blueprint here, but go on. It's the one everybody notices. So why the fuck would I not reference the one that everybody knows? Oh, yeah, because what's wrong being original and and coming up with your own, you know, with your own thing, your own criteria? 
What's wrong with that? My own criteria. I didn't say I use his criteria. I just said you, we you do, you do, you you do, and this, this is where you do. And and you know, I'm I'm not even going to bite your head off with. He ranks mostly off of work rate. I don't rank off of work rate completely. I work work rate, entertainment, story, and psychology. And that's the whole problem. Lots of these matches lost psychology. But fucking Brock and, and fucking Finn was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. After he went into the fucking corner of the thing, it even got me going, oh, maybe they might. They're like It was a believable near fall. But it was short. Yeah. It wasn't quite long enough for me to kind of go... Yeah, that was elite, especially when I've only given, I think, his oh, AJ Bryant, Bryant's Daniel Bryan. I, 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 now I wish I wouldn't have brought this up because you know I have your ass dead to rights and you just you back don't to the shit because you don't know what the fuck my skin is. You're complete. You're coming off this completely subjective because I'm not going to take higher. Masses, that's subjective. But the bottom line is you said last year, God damn it, I will not in my top five because it's a goddamn gimmick match. And then Lord Show me the fucking letter I sent you. Show me the words. Show me the timestamp, motherfucker. That's how this one works. Is I don't think I said that one because neither of the rumbles were that good last year. So I would have like I'm not gonna put it in the top five. Just busted your ass for it. So of course you revenge yourself. Shitty job doing it, but of course you're gonna do it. See what I mean? Now, now you resort to singing. Because you don't cut shit. You're like, I don't agree. That's nice. Most people don't Not, agree. I don't agree. Most I'm calling you. No, I'm calling, I'm calling goes, you out because you're shit. You know what you said last year? Because we argued about this on the airwaves. We argued on this about email. We argued about this on the show. Go pull up the show. And you said, I will not include rumble matches in my rankings because they're gimmick matches. And then, behold, there's a rumble match on your gimmick match. See? This is how you know he's wrong, PC, because now he. He's trying to resort to bad comedy. That's how you know he's full of shit. Point blank. Everything is circular. That's how you know. That's, how you know. that's the end of this round. That's the end of this round. The bell is wrong for this round. I wish I had a fucking bell right now. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Yep. Okay, I'm glad. You guys You guys Start are good. That's great. Yep, 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 yep. Start the yep, show. Yep, they ain't going any farther than that. It was just going to be 55 more minutes of the same thing. It would be, and it'd probably be the, a better show, quite frankly, because these topics we got. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it no, is but, but, but you gotta <laughs> let each. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, hey, maybe that's why we. That's why we need some alcohol. I need a bottle of crack dealing with this shuckster. Oh, 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 any.
Chucky Greetings quack, quack. and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. And you see the battle lines have already been drawn. God damn it. <laughs> Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, please, and thank you, thank you, and please, and take them and your fingers to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your official chair shot t-shirts, including our latest addition to the chair shot t-shirt collection, which is pers- my personal favorite and something I came up with on the fly because I'm, you know, brilliant like that. And I quote, Jesus did the job and his dad was the promoter. Really shit that's ever been spoken, ladies and gentlemen. Go pick that one up as long as the other great designs that we have over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Again, you can find that great shirt and others at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. My name is Christopher Platt, Mr. Velvet Pipes. And as always, I am joined by the Vince Russo of The Chair Shot. The... Uncle Bruce Pritchard, if you will, of the chair shot. And the reason I say that is because uh, Jim Cornette calls Uncle Bruce the the artful dodger. And I I feel like that's what was going on here pregame. You were artfully dodging the obvious, but that's neither here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Belaz. So so please, sir, you want some more is what you're saying? You you missed me last week, didn't you? You need more. Yeah, I I missed you like I missed my hemorrhoids. I mean, you could be into that. You never know. There's, isn't it? What rule thirty four? Isn't that the thing? Like, you know, there's something for yeah, everybody. Yeah, rule. I think it's rule twenty uh, thirty two. Yeah, if right. if you could conceive it, there's porn of it up somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, maybe maybe that's your thing. You never know. And there is a a black cat looming over our wonderful moderator. I wonder if that's a good sign or a bad sign. I'm going to take it as a good sign, number one, right on. Number two, it's dark all around. Oh, there it is. I couldn't see it. If <laughs> I saw the eyeball poking out there. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah. PC's in the black pussy. Who knew? Anyway, our <laughs> moderator, Mr. PC Tunney. I hey, I don't really care. You know. <laughs> I, I'm just going to stop. I, <laughs> I like how he had something to say. And he's like, nope, not going to get myself in trouble. Uh-uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I've been doing this for too long. <laughs> all righty, all righty. So how's everybody doing today? I don't know. My balls have been uh, firmly reupholstered, so that's good. Yeah. I, I, I like how you came up with your own kind of story for last week. That was cute. Like, uh, I enjoyed it. It went nicely with the big ball song, too. It did, it did, and. And now I just ripped them to shreds pre-show, so now you're gonna have to go back and get them re reupholstered. Which I, I don't know how much fun that is. I, I really, at this point, don't know how much treads left on the tires. They might be got a bald right now. I mean, well, you know, manscaping is wonderful. The ladies don't like it very hairy. What can I say? Yeah. I guess I'm a throwback. Uh, you know, I, I I haven't done much escaping in in a minute. I've just been kind of busy. I've been uh, sl- uh, slipping on my my personal mate. Which I probably need to get back on top of that. See, you gave everybody that PSA a couple weeks ago about you know trip, you know cutting the grass so the trees look taller and all that other fun stuff about personal maintenance and not not shit. You're slipping on your PSAs. You're slipping on good guy 
Chris Platt. Like, that applies are, to are most... you keeping any resolutions this year? Come on. Listen, hold, listen hold on, I got PC. this one. I got this hold one. On. It, that applies to most people, Andrew. But, it, you know, for some people, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. The tree's going to look goddamn big no matter how much fucking shrubbery is around it. I mean, that's that's fair. That well, thank fair. you. I, I'm flattered, but he doesn't even no, realize I, I walked him right into this one, yeah, PC. Check this wasn't, out. Wasn't talking about you. Yeah, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he says, I, I literally just walked him right into this one. You know what? Uh-huh. I'm full of shit. You are absolutely right. You see how easy that is? You see how oh, easy Oh, my that is? goodness. <laughs> You're really digging for some some kind of like gotcha moment. This yeah, show is this this show gonna be laced with this. You ain't Chris Hansen. This ain't no God, fucking pedophile show. You ain't got shit. Out of the two of us, which one is more likely to be Chris Hansen? Like, come on now. <laughs> or not Chris Hansen, but the Mellow yeah, Farmer. Out of the two of us, I did. See, once again, I messed up. <laughs> you see how easy it is, see? Man, shit. <laughs> sure. If I did, I would. But I don't. It's this beauty about being me. But how have you not gotten a job with the WWE yet? This is a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, know. I guess I just haven't thrown in my resume yet to Vince. I'm Maybe smelling the bullshit all the way in Atlanta. PC, can you smell it in Milwaukee? Oh, man, it's too cold to smell anything here. Oh, look at you trying to be a, a, a moderator. Trying to be moderate. What's wrong with you? It's too cold to smell, though. That's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't thawed out up there yet? We did, and now it's coming back down. We actually, the last two hours before I came on here, I could... I have big glass windows on the side here that are at an angle, and uh, you can just hear the freezing rain pelting on them. So everything's covered in ice outside right now. Oh, that sounds unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay, though, guys. It'll be all right. Don't worry about me. Let's talk about some wrestling. We won't. Did you know, Did you just want to go super just, mid, Midwest are, right there? You know, you guys are going to... like, oh, don't worry about me, don't you know? I'll be okay. This happens every winter. Well, let me give let me give you, much like the Farmer's Almanac, let me be right here. This show will be two minutes about each topic and then another 15 minutes every time about you two arguing about what you've been arguing about <laughs> from the beginning of the show. You need to Shut turn up. that into a bumper for the beginning of this show. This is two minutes on every topic and 15 minutes of bullshit and arguing in between. Enjoy. <laughs> Shout out to Farmer's Almanacs, by the way, though. Anybody that gets their weather from the Weather Channel or their local meteorologists is a goddamn idiot. You're talking about people who celebrate a day where the, you know, the groundhog tells you what the weather is going to be for the next six weeks. Come on. You got a point. <laughs> I mean, and, and it makes no sense because... Okay, whether she's a shadow, he doesn't see a shadow. If you count it down from February 2nd until March 21st, it's like six, seven weeks. Oh, if he sees a shadow, six more weeks. It's going to be six more weeks of winter anyway. Okay. But, but, but you know what? I, but again, man, this is one of the things that I do appreciate about white people is that you all find new, creative, inventive ways to get hammered. It's just a way to get drunk. You get to get off work and, and go drink and watch the groundhog. I respect that. Gender reveal parties. I respect that. You know what I mean? Like these, these yes. I'm, I'm not mad at y'all for that, man. I'm not mad at all. Listen, I'm going to. Well, never mind. I'm not. Once again, I'm not going to. I'm just. I put y'all just, over, don't man. It's funnier if you join in. I put y'all over, man. What you pissy about? That's okay. I do that like once a year. 
That was like a backhanded compliment, though, about white people. I mean, you know. I, too, find new and inventive and creative ways to get hammered. There were reasons to get hammered. So I, I respect it, man, from one lush to another, man. Salute. No, I, I no, no. Cup, I'm, not, man, no I'm not offended. Fair enough. I mean, th- that's why I figured the song this week would have been very oh, appropriate for this thir- show. Yeah. Thoroughly offended about a drinking stereotype. <laughs> Yes, how dare you? <laughs> hey, gentlemen, this, I, I mean, we're going to get to it, man, but this was... Uh, I, I, I'll wait to get to the topics, man, because I, I have a few problems uh, with um, this week. Rectile dysfunction? Hey, 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 you, you laugh. Wait, okay, you wait. Just just keep getting older, okay? Just keep living, man. <laughs> well, that, that happens. As long as I don't die, I'm going to keep getting older. And then I'm going to buy some Blue Chew because everybody talks about that. And, you know, you know, we got the Pritchard, we got the Russo, maybe like a little Bischoff because DeMarco loves Bischoff. So we just need Blue Chew on board with Chair Shot. That's what we need. That's, the, that's who you are. That's Yes, you are the Eric Bischoff of the Chair Shot Radio because Conrad be having him dead to rights too. And he just keeps talking, trying to find a hole and a crevice to dig his way out of the shit. So that's you are Eric Bischoff. Yes. Right. Ever, yes. Well, see, we, we were both big WCW marks. So you, you know who I like to emulate and follow when it came down to Nitro. Like, how do you not love Bischoff? He had the, the Ken doll fucking hair. He, he was a beautiful man and he, he was an eloquent talker. Oh, I used to. I loved his character. He would come out with that disingenuous, shit-inning grin. You know what I mean? And you just wanted to. Punch no, him in I've, the face. I've never been called disingenuous before in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Three seconds till <laughs> Platt. Me too. Understand sarcasm. Three, two, one seconds until Platt starts singing. I'm back. And better than never, I'm back. I'm hearing my leather. I'm back. <laughs> I like how you just threw that one in there. It's I perfect. trust the farmers for weather. <laughs> I'm back. The almanac. <laughs> oh, God. Are we going to have to make that into a song? Farmer's almanac. I'll get your shit together. Almanac. <laughs> trust the farmers for weather. <laughs> it's. I got Let's it. Go. Our first ever CD release will be people have to go and buy it at special eclectic, you know, old old school stores. The best of Pot is War uh, album, and it'll just be all the times we've sung put into songs and remixed throughout the, an entire album. That's been pretty often, so that we could probably pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I did a uh, few years ago. I, I have to find the lyrics because it was actually funny. And now I have the equipment where I can actually record it. But I wrote a parody song to uh, Wham's Careless Whisper. It's called uh, Careless Penis. Oh, see, that's good. Yeah. See, see I, mean, I, w- I was typical white angry kid in high school because, you know, I had the whole limp biscuit, corn slip, not that kind of thing. So <clears throat> me, and a, me and a couple buddies were going to work on getting a band together. So... I was writing up lyrics, and the first, literally, the first song I ever wrote was called Machete Dildo. I love that song. Hey, man, keep your personal life out of this, okay? <laughs> what you choose to do behind closed doors is your business. We don't judge. I really man. wanted to keep this uh, topic going until that. 
it so we could get to the actual question. Not this like we have it. great um, questions. This this week, so I could go on about Machete Dildo. No, yeah, the, you the know best... what? Hey, let's let's start the next topic, and then in two and a half minutes, you guys can get right back to that goddamn dildo. Uh, well, you'll be like, and now here's the topic. Now back to the dildo. <laughs> the, the the best angle this whole week was that Jesse Smollett beatdown angle in Chicago. That was the best work of the entire week, and we're not even going to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's just go to the question, then we can jump back into whatever we want to, like we usually do. <laughs> All right. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. For those of you who, um, who do not know what you just witnessed, what you just witnessed is the best brand in sports entertainment today. This is what's being bred inside the performance center here each and every day. This is the standard. This is what we do. This is who we are. The Velveteen Dream, Ricochet and Alistair Black, born and bred NXT. Let this be known. It's more personal than Maroon 5. It is raw. It is SmackDown, it is 205, it is NXT UK, it is Disney World. It is anybody who thinks they can entertain the people better than NXT. Better than the Velveteen Dream, better than Ricochet, and better than Aleister Black. Nobody with a soul that can do it better than us. Keep dreaming, but it ain't never, ever Gentlemen. I can tell you the second best part of my Super Bowl Sunday was halftime heat. The first was the Super Bowl party Jeopardy that I came up with, and everybody had a great time, and I was a wonderful host, just so you know. Anyway, back to you guys. Let's talk about halftime heat, what a fabulous show these guys put on for everybody, and how absolutely horrible the Super Bowl was. In addition, please let all of your fans, gentlemen, know what you were doing or the Super Bowl and the favorite thing you had to eat. Well, first and foremost, what I was doing for the Super Bowl was sleeping. Actually, so are the players. So, as a just just shooting right here. This is this is shoot, ladies and gentlemen. I have like forty five jobs, and uh, one of those forty five jobs is uh, doing some stock work overnight, putting mascara up in Sephora. And it's like it's the graveyard shift. It's from like nine to if I'm lucky, I get out of there at one thirty. Typically, I don't get out of there till you know before two thirty or three o'clock. So then I'll get home, and you know how it is, man. When you get home from your job, you be tired as hell when you're at your job. But then when you get home from your job, you know you have a, a certain sudden burst of energy. So I'll get here, I'll wash my ass, I'll get something to eat. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll drink a beer and and decompress. Now I'm up. So then I'll just go into one of my other 44 jobs, you know what I mean? Whether I got to do some voice work or, you know, if I got uh, some life coaching shit I got to do or whatever the case may be, I'll just go into that. So typically I don't get to bed until maybe if I'm lucky, noon, one o'clock the next day. So, yeah, I was asleep during the Super Bowl. I woke up probably about 10 o'clock. I I didn't even see halftime heat live. Like I had to go back and watch that the next morning. Actually, no, I watched it that evening. But yeah, I didn't even see that live. So yeah, I was asleep. Uh, the best thing I had was I actually went and got some pizza. So that was pretty good. Shout out to uh, Blue Moon. They they have the take and bakes. If you guys um, are familiar with Papa Murphy, it's the same gimmick. What'd you have on your pizza? Uh, ground beef, mushrooms, and green peppers. Yeah, you know, no swine. I I, I don't 
and dying on the swine, baby. So we got to get creative. But um, yeah, so yeah, that, that's what I was doing during the Super Bowl. I, I heard I missed absolutely nothing. So ha ha to all of you that uh, sat there and watched that shitty ass game. And we'll get back to the game a little bit later. But uh, halftime heat was awesome. And I think Balls actually said it best, man, in our little text thread that we have on Twitter. He called it the weekend of the dream or the dream weekend or something like that. Either either way, Velveteen was the star of the show this week. And absolutely the worlds collide. I wish they would have showed the whole tournament. Like the, the the semifinals and the finals were were good. The battle royal was meh, but I I don't even know why they did that. That shit didn't really make any sense to me. I didn't even understand how they did it. Like a Mellow Farmer would get eliminated and be like, okay, and Keith Lee is gonna face Tyler Bate. Well, how the fuck do you, does that make sense? How do you know that? Because it was an I, order of elimination. Oh, that's what happens when you fast forward through the uh, the <laughs> ring announcers explaining what's going on, huh? Fair play, fair play, yes. <laughs> But yeah, Velveteen, did, Velveteen this was, uh, I can't say it was his breakout weekend because we all know what it is with this guy. And and my guy, Sean Mike, actually fed him the, the best compliment I could ever think of because, you know, the whole, obviously the HBK comparison is there. And I'm on record of saying that if I was Dream, I would be in Sean Michael's ass at that performance center. Velveteen Dream. Okay, that was unnecessary. But like I was saying, if I was Velveteen, I would be in Sean's ass every day, all day, every day at the Performance Center. I'd be up there. I, I would be his shadow. I'd be handing him toilet paper when he was on the toilet. Like, that. that's how close I would be attached to Shawn Michaels if I was him. Because that's the obvious do- doppelganger. Him and, and Rick Rude as well. But <laughs> Your when- head would just pop under the stall. Like, hey, Sean, you need an extra roll? Can I do anything for you, buddy? You want to get you some soap? Is that a bidet? Can I help you? <laughs> well, I-, I wouldn't go that far because it is the wrestling business and you might get Rick- yourself into something Rick you can't Rude's get yourself out found, of. thought I'd give you a hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this, this is the wrestling business i wouldn't go that far you might get yourself into something you can't get yourself out of uh, easily so but yeah i'd be right there next to him on, on the other side of the stall i would just shoot shoot him some paper underneath the stall without having to look at anything you know what i mean just grab the paper sean just grab the paper there you go mike there you go you know i, I have no desire to see your hicken bottom but here's your toilet paper but uh, <laughs> head for good luck yeah Thank you, thank you, thank you, PC. Thank that you. Was, that, was, uh, that was that was that was a genuine clap there for you. Honestly, I really appreciated that one. That was good. Thank you. I, I was proud of that myself, man. When it came to me, but yeah, the the halftime heat was it was a phenomenal match. It was my match of the week in Ball's jaded, hypocritical ranking system. <laughs> I I, was, it, I still made it the match of the week. Yeah, four four minutes. I had New Japan stuff on there that didn't beat it. What else were you going to make the match of the week? The Jesse Smollett beatdown? Like, we didn't even see yeah. photos of that. I was about to say, he didn't release the video, so I don't know. Yeah. That might have been. But, hey, I had New Japan stuff on there, and you love to say, I hate the E, and I love the Japanese. So I could have totally, totally overblown one of them. Be like, yeah, that tag match with LIJ and Suzuki and Sabre, ah, that was so much better than this. But it wasn't. Like, well, well uh, let's not act like you don't overblow him. It's like, okay, Hogan must pose. Um, what's the other one? Hogan must pose. Shane must jump, and Meltzer and Balls must overrate all things Japan. That's like that's just what it is, and that's okay though. It's okay to have biases. That's fine. We all do. We're humans. Okay, I admit that I enjoy Japanese wrestling more than American wrestling. Finally, an honest answer. No, no, no. no. But it doesn't mean I overrate it. I enjoy it more, yes. But I'm pretty sure I give fair assessments of everything. There, there's plenty of things that are close. I don't just fuck. If I was that biased, you really think that halftime heat would have beat 
you know, Lij and Suzuki Goon? Yes, because you had no choice. I and had everybody a- thinks they're everybody thinks they're fair, sir. So that means nothing. A fair is where they judge the pigs and have the fight pie eating contest, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, but this match. Talk about one. my family get-togethers like that, buddy. You don't know us well enough. <laughs> we got a great fair up here. <laughs> I'm sure you do. You, you would have a great time. Today. We stand on the porch and scream, Sue-wee! and half my family shows up. You know what I mean? Don't do that to me. <laughs> I, I think black people, black sororities and fraternities have co-opted your, your family's uh, your calling. I think <laughs> it's one of the sororities they do that. Sue-wee! And, yeah, really? I think, I think it's, it might be AKA. I can't remember. It's one of them, though. Oh, I don't even know that one off the top of my head. No, of course not. But um, anywho... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this was clearly, I mean, number one, the workers that were involved, like Velveteen Dream was, you know, obviously the worst worker in the match, but he was the most charismatic and he's the most over like he's the next guy. But I mean, the work rate was good. It was a fun match. And I missed the halftime heat that they had 20 years ago. I feel as if that's something they should do every year. And maybe they are going to bring it back for every year because who the fuck wants to listen to? I mean, Maroon 5 is cool, but who the fuck want to listen to Maroon 5 in 2019? As you could tell, no one. <laughs> so, Apparently, yeah, yeah. So if so, I, I guess WWE is praying that um uh, uh they get Creed for the uh for the <laughs> or, or or a Slipknot for the uh halftime show next year. I know Slipknot. I think would resonate more with the the football crowd than Creed. So they'll probably go get Creed then. I mean, they could just get Metallica and pander to most people that have been wanting it to be Metallica. So. How about this? WWE gets back with MTV and has two matches next year with in the between they show a celebrity death match from MTV. Vince Russo, what do you think about that one? <laughs> I just I love how somehow celebrity death match is being referenced like so much this past week. It's where back. they were talking about Gomez and uh, fuck, what was the other one's name? Were the announcers for AEW? Oh yeah, Gomez like, and, the, and the bald dude. I can't remember who it was though. No, no, no. Bald dude was Mills Lane. He was the ref. It was the black haired. I think it was like Johnny something, and then oh, maybe he was Johnny Gomez, and the one with the mustache. Nick, uh, something was ended it with the ball. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That helps. Could have been Nick Bockwinkle <laughs> for all we know. But, but still, like I saw so many memes around. With, you know, oh, they were signed to AEW. It's like okay. It's just funny how that kind of crept back up into uh, pop culture all of a sudden. But uh, I'm, I'm not against it. I'd be fine with it. But what are they going to do? I think somebody brought it up in the chat. It might have been even you, Chris. What are they going to do when they move to Fox and when Fox gets the Super Bowl? Then, well, that's a good point. I mean, do we really need a musical act at halftime? Can't we have uh, Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle at, as the halftime festivities, as opposed to what you call it? And, and then we can have we can re we can recreate. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. What's the big tall Russian dude that's down in NXT right now? Uh, Doka Dokic. Oh yeah, Djokovic. What? However, they change his name. Donovan Dijak, but I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, yeah, but that that guy, he actually had a really good match when I went to their house, the house show here a few weeks ago, or about a month ago now. He had a really good match with Keith Lee. Like, the crowd wasn't into it at all at the beginning, but they worked hard and they got the crowd into it, and it was a 
really good big man match. But they can, they can, we can recreate Rocky Four. We can have him come out, and then you can have Velveteen Dream come out all decked out in the uh, <laughs> Apollo Creed gear. You know what I mean? You can have Bruno Mars playing James Brown, singing "The Living in America," and Velveteen can saute down with the USA you know shit on and whatnot hey we can make it a whole thing we can have fireworks and pyro and stuff because the nfl's fitting the bill so we can have pyro again i don't i don't hate that that's not a bad <laughs> idea. honestly between the nfl possibly fox having the super bowl halftime stuff and then vince doing the xfl stuff there's there's gonna be a lot of weird football kind of like i don't know crossing of wires that it should be interesting to see how this goes moving forward but Everything you said about halftime heat was true. I, I echo that sentiment. And honestly, the the two things that impressed me the most about it were a the the way they kind of actually interspersed the feuds and the little threads and the wrinkles. Like Gargano didn't want to tag in Champa, but then there was that that weird super kick spot where everybody was missing the face team and kicking Champa in the face, and Gargano actually held up and stopped himself and showed that you know there was still something there. And then they all got kind of laid out. So that's that's nice to see that they actually built in storyline and they played with what people knew already. So I, I enjoyed that, that it wasn't just a spotty spectacle. And to be honest, that was the first time in a very, very long time I've seen Alistair Black actually fucking try. He half-asses it so much, but his kicks were so stiff and crisp. And even that, that fake-out moonsault... He- he does like it was it was just nice everything he did had the right level of aggression and the right level of stiffness and just looked good and i haven't seen him actually look good in a while so th- there, there were definitely things that i wasn't that i weren't expecting wasn't expecting because i thought it was just going to be fun spotty a couple goofy things and there were callbacks like the the moonsault super kick with ricochet and cole and they let cole do the panama sunrise which I don't think he's done it all in NXT so far. So it, it was it was nice. Like everything, just there were so many wrinkles and so much to kind of unpack in that match that that's why I thought it was the best thing of the week because it was just, it showed that in 20 minutes with even six people involved, they still know how to tell a story. Yeah, they just pick and choose which brand and when they do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I don't want to shit on them yet because I'm going to... Uh... I'm actually going to shit on them with the next topic, so I'm not going to shit on them here. I'm just going to keep praise on them. No shit, really? Oh, yeah, man. But uh, let me ask you a question, though. And PC, you can chime in as well, because you're sitting there looking like you lost your puppy, so maybe you want to participate. Gargano and Ciampa, these almost feel like they would be NXT lifers. Like, obviously, the the money, you want to get called up because the money is better when you go to the big leagues, but I almost feel like they'd get lost in the sauce on the on the next level and i almost feel like they would serve they'd be better served being the uh the gatekeepers or the the main eventers in nxt i feel like that's their niche obviously everybody wants to get wants to get caught up for the money but i feel like i feel like this is as good as it's gonna get for them and no disrespect to either guy man they're both super talented but i, I think this is it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i i could see if they keep them together like it, or if they put them back together, however that, that should be correctly worded, that it would make more of an impact moving them up because alone, I agree, they don't have the size. There's very much 
Mart as the indie kind of guy. We already have Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. It's been done. It's been seen. There's nothing really unique about them. So if they stay together and do the DIY thing, be it heel or face, that I think will give them some life on the main roster. Because as much as I see your point, and I think that there will be certain people that kind of always stay NXT level. Cass is on a, oh, excuse me. Exactly. So I just, I I think that they're going to get too big for that at some point and it's going to be a necessary evil to pull them up and you just got to pull them up together, which is part of why I think they're kind of slowly forcing them back together. What do you think, PC? Pretty much everything you said about moving them up, but the only real way to make it's, it's, let me put it to you this way. I'm, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but some people are just going to be at their best in NXT and not going to be any better on the main roster. And I think they kind of exactly. realize that. And they could be really good as a tag team, but that's not as good as they are now, right? So I think, I don't know. The problem is, is you have all these guys, right? You, t- you talked about Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali, and then and credibility with the big guy and the small guy. Why not let some of these guys at some point make 205 Live credible and let that become a part of Raw again and eat up some of that time that makes it not a great show in the way that SmackDown can be a really great show because it's a lot tighter in two hours. Because Vince doesn't do cruiserweights well. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I don't think he ever will. Well, yeah, because they tried to add 205 Live as the Raw-specific like two matches or whatever the hell it was, and... Those were awful. People yeah. made noise. People didn't know who they were. People didn't care. And that was that was during that low point of Raw that they're trying to get away from. So if if they were to structure it like WCW used to, then I get your point where, you know, an, a solid hour is the cruiserweight block to kind of get you to the main event or whatever. Then sure. But that's not how Vince blocks out his time because he's got to have the soap opera shit and you know got to have people talking for 20 minutes because that's what everybody wants to say you you literally just took the words out of my mouth right there i would the way wc oh go ahead sorry last thing i'll say last thing here i would put it at the end of the first hour and before the main event it washes everything out in between and it's it's something people are going to tune in to want to see and hopefully then at the top of the nine o'clock hour east, the people that don't watch are already let in because they watch that. And then the same thing with the main event. There's nothing I can add to that. Andrew kind of hit the nail on the head, what I was going to say. But I have another question for you guys, and then we can go ahead and get to topic two. Velveteen Dream, when do you finally pull the trigger? Because he's so young, conceivably, you can keep him down in developmental for another two, maybe even three years. But I don't know if it's going to get to a point where that's going to start to hinder him a little bit or stun his growth. Like, Balls, you brought up uh, Alistair Black. You said that he's been kind of going through the motions. You remember when he first came into NXT, he was the hottest thing they had. And now you say that he's going through the motions. So what's the balance there? Like, at what point do you finally pull the trigger and just say, fuck it? And I I say that with all trepidation because I – and I've said it on these airwaves. I've said it on every airwave I've been on, and I'm going to continue to say it. I say it in private. You know what I mean? It's just random <laughs> conversation. I'm scared they're going to fuck this up. They clearly know what they have, but I'm just so scared they're going to fuck this up. And I don't have an answer. I don't know if you keep him down there for another two or three years or if you bring him up and let him swim with the 
sharks and, and get his uh, sea legs under. I don't know that what the answer is. So I'm asking y'all and see what y'all think. It, it's hard because I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago and we were all kind of on that same page where what's what's he going to do? Like now, because of spoilers, we know that they have at least title picture plans for him. So that's something that gives him an accolade down in NXT. So that's something to add to his his cap, so to speak. But I, th- I think, honestly, it all depends on Fox. And they, there was that talk that they wanted NXT up as the third hour of Fox TV, be it on Fox directly or one of the offshoot Fox channels, FX or something like that. And if that becomes more of a public brand, then I see no issue keeping Velveteen on there because he will bring eyes because of how charismatic and how unique he is and how, how you love to say that effeminate black men tend to, you know, capture the hearts of Americans. So he, <laughs> he, he would be perfect for that if you're trying to basically build a brand from scratch on public TV because, you know, whoever watches it on the network is still the hardcores. You're not really catering to anybody else. And you can tell that from Rumble when everybody that wasn't a big, big name for like an indie big name or somebody that they've seen here or there, whenever they popped up, the crowd was dead. They didn't know who the fuck it was. Like poor Xylee came out and she was all happy and nobody gave a shit. Casey Canazaro, nobody gave a shit till she did her save. You know, even Kyrie and Io didn't even get great reactions from the crowd until they started doing a little bit. Then people started getting back behind them. So NXT doesn't resonate with the casuals that much. And Raw this week should have definitely proved that from that whole EC3 kind of debacle match. But hopefully Dream stays on NXT a little bit if that's part of the Fox deal. That's that's where I hope it goes. And then there's less damage possibility. PC, I, I want to hear your answer, brother, but real quick before you do. I, and I don't, don't want to get too insider baseball here because it's probably going to bore people. But is FX1, is that still a, a Fox entity? Because I, I thought that was part of the, the sale to Disney. So is that not true? FS1, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, I thought you said no. FX. Okay, but... yeah, as, as FX, as, yes, whatever PC said, that's what I mean. Is, is that still a Fox property? Yeah, that's Fox Sports Station. They have uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on there. Oh, oh, oh okay. So they sold the re- you're right. They sold the regionals to uh, Disney, yes. not the actual. Okay, I got you. Correct. My, okay, my, but, but go ahead, man. I, I want to hear your answer, man. Um, I'll make it simple. I'll give you a big prediction. Dream's going to win the NXT title at WrestleMania. Dream's going to drop the NXT title at SummerSlam. Dream's going to lose the rematch at Survivor Series going to be in the Royal Rumble next year and from thenceforth he'll be on Smackdown to start his main roster career. I don't hate it. Yeah. You you it's an idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picking with you, man. But uh, the the bottom line is everybody and their mama knows what WWE has in this guy and we're all hoping the same thing and WWE's probably hoping the same thing too. Let's not fuck this up. Because topic two, they're fucking up. PC, let's get to it. I don't want to take your moment away, but it's your choice. If you do not see the doctor, I am going to be forced to suspend you. Until you do. I don't want to do that. You say say that again. I'm not going to be responsible for my actions, Steph. 
I don't understand why this is so hard. Please don't make me do this, Becky. Don't make me do this. Don't do it. Then don't do it. Then will you go see the doctor? Then I'm left with no choice. Until you do, as of this moment, Becky Lynch, you are suspended from WWE. Oh, wait a minute! Oh! Becky Lynch is attacking Stephanie! Becky Lynch has lost it! Stephanie was just trying to protect Becky from herself. What is Lynch doing? Trying to get the disarmor on Stephanie, but again, there's the injured knee! Gentlemen, the man, the so-called man, Becky Lynch, the self-proclaimed the man? Is that, is, that, is that a good way to put it? I, I don't know. Anyway, Becky Lynch, the comparisons mm -hmm. to her and the storyline of old with Steve Austin, CM Punk, and even, I believe, on television this week, her entrance getting compared to Roman Reigns by Charlotte. Talk to me about Becky Lynch, gentlemen. I mean, th there's so much to go off of. and Yeah, I think that's why his, he was so open-ended. I, kn I know, I know. But honestly, I I'd like to just hear what your gripe is, honestly, Chris, because I, I have my own feelings on Becky, and I think it's perfectly fine where they're going with this so far. So I want to know what you dislike about it and then work off of that. Okay, that's fair. Um, l okay, first off, let me say this. We're, as human beings... We're creatures of habit. You know what I mean? We tend to go back to what works. So uh, right. a good example, when uh, Amber and I, when we first got together, she had this uh, video on her phone from this guy that she had met. This before we got together, obviously. And he sent her a video of him in the gym working out. And, I mean, it, it's the corniest thing that you ever want to see. And I, I hate that it didn't transfer over to her new phone because we would just look at it and just laugh and just clown this dude because it was, you know what I mean? It was just goofy as shit. But I was telling her, I was like, well, you know, men don't typically step out of their comfort zone, especially when it comes to, you know, the opposite sex. So the reason he did that is because that has worked in the past. Like, he's got some buns off the sending his workout tape demo to a chick. Mm -hmm. So that's why he sent it to you. And, you know, it's the same thing here with WWE. They're going back to the well with what works. I mean, the hottest they ever were was obviously the Austin and, and McMahon thing. And then the Rock caught fire. And then you throw in Mick Foley and the Ascendant Triple H and everything else that they had going on. That's the hottest that they've ever been. So, of course, they're going to go back to that storyline because it worked. Uh, fast forward more recently, like you guys said, they did it with the Daniel Bryan thing, and then they tried to do it with the Roman Reigns thing. It didn't really take, but th th they just keep going back to this. Um, but Andrew, PC, they're fucking this up. And, and and it might be a little premature, and I know some people are going to say, well, it's only week one, man. Let the story play out. Shut up. I'm entitled to have an opinion. <laughs> I, I, I don't like this. So I'm watching Raw, and number one, I, I just have to say this. Stephanie McMahon, has there ever been a more attractive woman with an uglier smile? Like, it looks like it hurts her to <laughs> smile. Like, her, like, she's chewing small rodents with her molars when she smiles. That's how it looks to me. It's just the weirdest thing. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's the but, McMahon. And, and, and listen, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, DeMarco, faces and heels aren't a thing anymore. I know. But I didn't think Stephanie was in the wrong here. Like, what did she say that was wrong? Hey, we are a, a, a billion-dollar 
publicly traded entity. Go see the doctor. I can't clear you to be in a match if your knee is jacked up. You know what I mean? Because that's we're all sorts of liable. Then there's lawsuits that can come from that. Plus, we have a responsibility to our fans and our shareholders to put it out the best possible product. Go see a doctor. We're not trying to steal your moment from you or none of that. Just go see a doctor. Get yourself checked out. And Becky just totally overreacted. Like, she came across like a bitch. I mean, why don't you just... Why, why don't you just do like every other athlete does? Go to the doctor. They'll say you'll be out for a little bit because you got an injury. Go get you some HGH from Mexico or Germany. And then you make a miraculous recovery. You come back and beat Ronda Rousey's ass at WrestleMania. Sure. But he, here, here's the thing that I see. And I, I think it's what they were aiming for. And you, you can tell me if you just think I'm looking too deep. Or maybe it's just not how you interpreted it. But... A, especially after SmackDown, you can't trust the McMahons or Triple H. They go into best for the business. They like to screw people out of things constantly. So they have a track record of being disingenuous and fucking people out of stuff. Plus, just recently, Becky was in doctor jail or medical prison, however Triple H wanted to spin it this week. And that's what kept her out of her big match against Ronda already. So you could tell well, in it, that it was promo the big, by the, the Samoan girl that broke her face that kept her yes, out of But she was still able to beat the shit out of everybody with a broken face. <laughs> and that that's been her contention with this that she still beat the shit out of Charlotte with one leg. Like she still beat her in the rumble and she still won. So her argument and you could tell from the way she cut the promo because her voice wavered a little bit as soon as Stephanie said doctor and she got real defensive and real quick with the whole, well, then don't. Well, then, you know, just, just I don't want to no, know. That's not how we're doing this. Because she's scared. The man character does not fear any man or woman. But the intangible that she can't control being injury scares the shit out of her because it already fucked her out of one big match. And she doesn't want that to happen again. So she'd rather play tough and stubborn and then just, you know, tough it out, walk it off, whatever cliche you want to use just to get her match because she doesn't want to lose the match again, then have to trust the boss who screws people over constantly to kind of keep their word and hold her place while she goes to rehab for a month or so. So it's it's not the fact that she comes off as a bitch. She comes off human. And it's the first kind of glimpse of humanity that you get to see of this new Becky Lynch character where she doesn't fear anything tangible, but something like injury and needing a doctor's opinion to tell her she can go fight when she knows she can beat people even with an injury, that's the part that bothers her, and that's the part that makes her defensive and real quick on the trigger. Okay, that's fair. Okay, touche. And I think that that was kind of driven home with the part two of the angle, which was the uh, Triple H promo that you alluded to earlier. So, fair enough. I I can't argue that. I just... And it's a it's a I guess it's a convoluted way to also be able to finagle Charlotte into the mix as well, because basically they're just running back WrestleMania 30. You've got the biggest star in the company and Ronda Rousey. You've got the uh, legacy management favorite. You have the legacy kid management favorite in Charlotte. And then you have the people's champ, which is Becky Lynch. Like this is literally the WrestleMania 30 blueprint. So Mm -hmm. I, I get that. 
I just and I understand that they also have five hours of TV to fill and they've got to take these twists and turns because they've got to fill this television time and they've got two pay-per-views. I just I don't think they need to do this with this, man. I, I think that they this is they've got this shit on a silver platter. They've got the hottest angle. You want to throw Charlotte in there? Cool. I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of people are bitching about that, but no, you you kind of need her in there because frankly, I think she's the best worker out of the three and she'll be the glue to keep it together. And if you want to keep Ronda strong, I, I know you're going to disagree because you hate on Charlotte, but if, but and if you want to keep Ronda strong, somebody's got to tap. I, I wouldn't necessarily tap Ronda, or maybe you do tap Ronda, and that's how you really you know submit Becky as the man, quote unquote. But uh, I just don't like how they're going about this man and you know i i don't like to be critical yeah i don't like to be critical of wwe i just think that there was a better way to get to this um i like the fact that they're not letting ronda and becky touch we'll see how long they'll be able to keep that up between now and actual mania time because you know you you know how this works uh yeah ice and advil bitch that that bar was brilliant that's a brilliant bar right there that's it that was the best line she had but the rest of that promo was really awkward like they, they didn't seem like words she would naturally say. They're, it they're, felt very forced and rehearsed. They're Paul, See, I disagree. They're Paul Heyman's I, I, words. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. See, it came I off just, like a Heyman promo. Well, they I are. disagree. I, I think for the I think uh, that promo last week when she started to get flustered and get emotional in the ring because the crowd turned on her and that little line, those lines that she had, you know, in Becky's face before she dropped the mic, and then subsequently, subsequently the the bars this week that she spit. I'm digging that. Like, this is the best Ronda I've seen. It wasn't that fake candy-ass pandering to the audience. I think that this was more true to her real-life character, which she's just not likable in real life. And I think that Mm -hmm. the last couple of promos that she's cut has been more true to who she is as a character. So I thought that they were more genuine than anything that she's ever done since she's been in WWE. So I've enjoyed that. So dovetailing off of that, this could also just be a good way to kind of... Now, SmackDown doesn't not not necessarily counts because she did kind of crash the party, but this could be a way to kind of stop Becky from being so in the public eye moving to Mania because it's obvious the crowd prefers her. It's very obvious she's better on the microphone because she's more comfortable with her character in the spot. Now, that could change, obviously, because Ronda's not bad in spurts and she's very new, but Be- Becky is the stronger personality. So the suspension angle... Do you think that's just a way to protect Ronda? Um, that's a good question, actually. I could see that. That's actually a very good question. I hadn't really thought about it. I, yeah, I, I could see that because the more that she's out there with Becky, the more she gets exposed and the more that the crowd is going to turn on her. I get that. Um, Andrew, honestly, I'm in favor, and obviously they're not going to do this, but I would be in favor of taking all three women off television until media and just having video packages. Y'all do the best video packages in the game. So just show them off in their prospective quarters training. Like the best thing that they did for the Ronda Rousey Sasha Banks match didn't even air on WWE TV. You had to go to WWE.com. That's when uh, Sasha went to the dojo and was practicing her submissions and shit like that. Did y'all oh, see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the best hype that they did for that entire promo or that entire feud. Not that bullshit, you know, back and forth exchange that they were having. So I would like to see them do that. Like, this is a, a huge fight. This is probably the hottest angle that you guys have had since shit. I don't know what since uh, maybe what maybe Daniel Bryan, maybe even before that, maybe the Summer of Punk Part 2 uh roxena like yeah when's the last time you guys think wwe has had an angle this hot probably brian triple h brian authority whatever you want to call it so do we get um okay i'm medically cleared oh 
okay, well, to prove that you're medically cleared or as punishment, you've got to go through the face breaker. Like they're going to take you, they're going to take her out of the match, insert Charlotte. And then in order for her to get back into the match at one of these pay-per-views they have coming up, is she going to have to uh, go through the face breaker to get back, get her spot back? I don't think so. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Shoot. We're looking at corporate Charlotte. Okay, cool. Rousey's I mean, leaving. no, I'm, no you're, you're leaving. right. Like, I, Rousey's leaving. There's no question she's dropping the title at Mania, kind of like Brock as well. So you have to have a triple threat. That way there's suspense and who's going to win. And why mm. doesn't – you had seeds planted tonight. Hunter got up in Charlotte's face. She left the ring. Hunter got up in Becky's face. She slapped him in the face. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right, but there's no way – in hell, you can leave that building without Becky raising that title. They'll burn that bitch to the ground. That's New York. You know, balls. Even more heat yeah. for corporate Charlotte. No way in hell. No way in hell you can yeah, leave that building without Becky raising the title. Charlotte's would also feel a little forced because Charlotte's would also break Trish's record of seven that she tied. So it's like that, that Cena tied Flair and she tied Trish thing. Like, I get, yes, WrestleMania moments are supposed to be big. There'd be huge heat. With but Trish I don't think that's the right Lita, kind of heat. Trish and Lita will be there because they're going to be fighting for the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. I, I she can come out and raise Charlotte. I don't think that's the right hand. kind of heat, though. No, so you can't. You can't end so WrestleMania like that, man. They will burn that bitch to the ground. Like you, you, mm. and and everything. And this is what they're doing right now. They're planting the seeds for the the People's Champ underdog to come out. You know, to to uh, what's the word to overcome all the odds like they're yes. planting those seeds right now and that's the story to tell like sometimes a to b that's the right story to tell you know and and, I, and we have vince russo on the line here and even he mr russo himself is saying that he wouldn't do this swerve ain't that right vince? That, that, that's right bro you know i wouldn't do this swerve because because you know charlotte charlotte should get the tag championship before she breaks trish's record it needs to be it needs to be monumental it needs to be great it needs to really shock you Shout out to Charlotte, by the way. Recently, she's really updated her look. Like, you know, she got some new tits to replace the old new tits. She's got some work done on her face. And her wardrobe, she's she's stepping up her game. She she dresses like a cougar with two kids that just got her alimony check. But I'm digging it. It's not, I mean, it's probably 15 years too old for her, but it's I'm I'm digging it. Like she's starting to get a little bit of sex appeal and she's living a character. Like she's she's Ric Flair's daughter, so she's supposed to dress fly and stuff like that. So, yeah, we need to get some a little more age appropriate. So if anybody hears this, Charlotte, I volunteer to be your stylist, man. I mean, you, you guys don't know because you can't see me, but I, I, I am somewhat of a uh, fashion uh, kind of store, if I will. But, uh, yeah, but I, 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 I like that she's stepping her look up, though, man, because it goes well with the gimmick and the lineage. That's just a nice, cool wrinkle that I've noticed lately. Nice John Cena but, reference. Yeah. John Cena reference. Yeah, you said we couldn't see you. Oh, dun, 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 dun. but yeah, uh, and uh, it is the first weekend again. I, I I reserve the right to change my mind, but I just don't like the direction they're going. I don't think that this match needs this, and you can only take steam off of it. Like remember the Bret Hart and Vince McMahon angle? Like that was the hottest shit that they had going. Then you didn't have to do anything for that angle, but what did they do? They fucked it up. And you know what I mean? And then they watered it down. Like we knew the match wasn't going to be spit because Bret couldn't do nothing. But by the time the match came around, nobody cared either. And I don't want mm-hmm. that to happen to this. And you can say that it it won't because of how hot they are. But let me and let me ask you guys something, man. Because I, I still nobody has given me a, a good answer to this. How did this Becky thing happen? 
Like, I have no idea how we got here. I think it's cool, so I'm rolling with it, but I have no clue how we got here. The, you mean the man? Yeah, just, yeah. How, how, how did Becky B. Lynch become the hottest thing since sliced bread? I don't understand. She's been the hottest thing since sliced bread. Everybody's loved Becky's underdog thing. And then she worked up through SmackDown, got screwed in her kind of perspective by the returning, always inter- interjecting herself, Charlotte. And then she stood up for herself. And that kind of gave her an edge, which we didn't see. And then she just started calling herself the man and then kind of owning that edge and that persona. And that's kind of where we're at now. Go, PC. I know you want to say something. Ask the question again. How did we get here with Becky Lynch? Charlotte. And Becky becoming Ric Flair's redheaded stepchild. Well, it's Ric Flair, so he might I'll, not I'll be her stepchild. She might that not be his stepchild. It is Ric. Th- that was grown worthy, but you know the wordplay. The pun, like I liked it. It was okay. Not bad, PC. Like I saw where you're going with that. She's the she's the man for crying out loud. He said he set it up like she was like he was about to drop bars too. Like he was about to say the most insightful shit. <laughs> since Let there be light. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why I give him credit because he had the good setup. He's like, no, ask it again. I got this fire drop. I'm gonna throw it. And it's like redheaded stepchild. Boom, drops the mic. And I'm like, you know, it's not horrible. Like I kind of liked it. Here's some stone. Thanks, gold Stone Cold. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like your take on where they're going. Um, wrestling isn't always the best when it comes to uh, subtlety and nuance. But what you said made sense, balls. And you know, as much as I hate putting you over because I've already put white people over, so I feel like I'm doing it two times, two times. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, you, you, um, you. I, I'm not gonna lie, man. You kind of you turned me on the angle. So I, I still wasn't crazy about what I saw Monday. I, I like Tuesday a little bit better, but I'm more open to seeing how it plays out. I, I, I have a skeptical optimism. Which is, that's kind of how I always go into everything WWE anyway, because I can see the forest through the trees, so to speak, but then I don't know if they're ever going to, like, you know, follow through correctly. So that's, that's always part of the fun with WWE. Are they just going to drop it? Are they going to forget their story? Are they going to fuck something up? Is Hornswoggle going to return? You never know. Actually, my friend, you, you, you have pessimistic optimism. That's how you view WWE. So you're a glass half empty guy. Well, no, pessimistic optimism is the glass half empty guy. Is there no glass? Is it like the Matrix and there is no spoon, so there is no glass, so it can't be half full or half empty? Yeah, man. Everything's made up, man. Stay woke. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So, Neo, take us to question three. Oh, God, if he's the one, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Screw you guys. Mr. Velvet this, Pipes. 
Yeah, go this ahead, motherfucker go ahead, was going to take the red pill. You're going to take the red pill, wash it down with some IPA, pass out, and by the time you wake up, the machines have already destroyed Zion, and Cypher is now the president of the world. So, <laughs> you, got, that was you, almost, reference. You, you almost got it right, but I took all the pills, so let's talk about topic number three. And wash it down with a nice IPA. <laughs> you got damn right. You got damn right. There's a little Bell's Hop Slam. What? What's that? Now, movie. are you going to dip the pills it. in that buffalo chicken dip first? Oh, that's some good stuff. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. Let's let's talk about unit enshrinement. Can we for a minute? Is, is this is this a blue chew drop? <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's, it, did we know. get that sponsor and I didn't even know did, about it? What? Is that a is that a package deal? <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. Well played. That's the best one you had thus far. And you I know, still like some redheaded stepchild. Yes. Cast a big net, catch many fish. All right, here we go. <laughs> you know, the 333 percentage gets you uh, into the Hall of Fame baseball, right? All right, Hard Foundation. Will it be a unit enshrinement into the WWE Hall of Fame? And how many units or parts of that unit will be enshrined? Well, Val Venus's unit, since, you know, kind of side chopped it off, that'll probably be enshrined. I feel like Mark Henry's units would be enshrined because of the whole sexual chocolate <laughs> gimmick. That makes sense. Uh, this is a little morbid, but Rick Rude's unit, if he's not oh. decomposed, I, I feel like that should be enshrined because he was the original kind of sexy guy. Uh, is Sean, already in there? Sean, I don't, is he? I, don't I thought know, his actually. son accepted for him a couple years ah, ago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So his unit's already enshrined. Mm. Uh, Sean Michaels is Christian now, so he probably doesn't use his unit too much anymore. So we can, he's still uh, married to a nitro girl. Girl, that unit's getting plenty of work. Thank you. Yeah, the Nitro girls were 20 years ago, boss. Uh, I'm pretty sure when you got Shawn Michaels money, she still looks good for 20 years ago. If he, you can't even, he can't even fix his Waki Kokai. Right? He can't even <laughs> fix his Waki Kokai or get a decent uh, toupee, man. He doesn't want to. That's why. You know, He's just rocking it. He's bringing it back. I don't want to see Sean Russell again unless they give him that wig Gold Dust used to wear out to the ring. Sean is no <laughs> care. Just doesn't look right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got nothing for that. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look right, man. Um, unit enshrinement. What was the question again? <laughs> I, I think he was breaking it down to like who from the Heart Foundation should go if they do, and you know, are you a fan of the big unit kind of enshrinement? Because you know, we have we have Flair in there twice with the Four Horsemen and himself, and it, it's not like it's unprecedented. Well, you're going to have to start doubling up on these people just because you're running out of people. So I can see um, Brett going back in with the Heart Foundation. Really, I think it would be cool if they did the whole unit. And because, well, they can't do the whole unit because Owen's family, his wife doesn't want anything to do with WWE. So it probably would just be the Anvil and, and Bret Hart. That's that's the safest bet. Probably. Yeah, but if it, you put in Davey, then you also got to put in Pillman. And if you also put in Pillman, you got to also put in Owen. And they're not going to put in Owen. They might, because if they just put him in as the Heart Foundation and don't actually put Owen himself in, I wonder if there's a way to get around the whole estate clause that his wife has or whatever the hell that is exactly that she's being a bitch with. That's that's a slippery slope, bro. And if I'm them, I, I wouldn't want to touch that with a 15 foot pole. You know what I mean? I I wouldn't even play with that. Just we we not even gonna deal with that. You know what I mean? Kids. Um, 
but you, 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 it would be good publicity for Flying Brian Jr. and Davy Boy Jr. and Teddy Hart because you know they're they're killing it in MLW, and if MLW will let you know if WWE wants them as a kind of induction thing, that would be that would be pretty solid. Yeah, I don't think they want to give Teddy Hart a live mic. <laughs> I don't, I don't think right. it's now, I see, drunk anyway. It won't be that bad. Now, I could see the British Bulldogs going in this year as well since uh, the, the passing of Dynamite Kid. I think that's what really kept them out because you didn't want to have the visual of, you know, Dynamite up there in a wheelchair. Plus, you have no idea what he's going to say. Plus, he didn't really speak that well. Like, I tried to watch it when he passed. I tried to watch a, they have a shoot interview up on YouTube, and it's three hours of him. And I can only make it through about 15, 20 minutes just because it was, it was hard to understand him between the British accent and he just went in a good way. So now that he's passed on, maybe the British Bulldogs get in trying this year as well. But they're going to have to start doubling up on these people. Like, for example, I mean, who's going to be the black guy that goes in this year? Because you guys know the formula. They got to have a black. They got to have a woman. Uh, they got to have an old school uh, WWF guy. And, you know, you, y'all know, and a celebrity. Y'all know the formula. Who's going to be the black guy? Like, they're running out of black dudes. Like, what, is Elix Skipper going to get the call this year? <laughs> is Ron <laughs> like, Simmons in yet? Yes. Yeah, Ron's in there. Yeah, Definitely. Ron's in there. I remember his, in, I remember his uh, induction speech. Ron's yeah. one of my favorites of all time. I've seen him win the title on the broadcast that was, well, the first to my cable box when I was a little kid um, on uh, WCW Saturday Night, right? Saturday that's, Night. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. They showed that. I watched that as well. Oh, I remember that. That's it? Booker. Booker could always go in. He's already in. Wait, when Booker's the hell did he go in? Where the fuck oh, have I been? A while ago. Really? Yeah, he, he been oh, calling yeah. himself a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that was just him. Listen, and just Platt, I gotta, I gotta, I really don't want to do this, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, just so everybody knows, it was the first time that two WWE Hall of Famers, in addition to being on Impact, both wrestled in a match on Monday Night Raw, and Jeff Jarrett set a new record on Raw for the longest time in between matches wrestled for WWE. Breaking Zeb Coulter's record. Jarrett's 19 years. Coulter was 16. Is this just going to be a new thing? Because I know you started it last week when I wasn't here. Like the, the Jeff Jarrett moment of the week kind of thing. Good. I wasn't going to bring it up because you said something earlier. And I can't remember what it was now. But it was the perfect segue for me to go. Oh, when we were talking about uh, the NFL on Fox. Because didn't Jeff Jarrett finesse his way onto the field. I don't remember if he actually went into the booth, but wasn't he on the field during one of those football games last season? Yes. Oh, my fucking Christ, you're right. <laughs> Goat. I think Goat. it was a Texans game, but I could Goat. be wrong on that one. Well, if you look, oh at, if you look at Platt's groinal region, he's slowly getting a boner for Jeff Jarrett right now. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, I, I again, go- brought by Blue Chew. There we go. More <laughs> erection references. <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. My unit surely isn't enshrined. I just game recognized game, man, and I, I appreciate the man. You know what I mean? <laughs> well done. Well fucking done. God damn, you're good. God damn, you get a double. This is the second time in one episode. Clap. I haven't clapped in months for you. <laughs> hey, man, y'all don't call me the main event for nothing, baby. Oh, and uh-huh. spe- speaking of my, my main event genius, make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up the hottest selling item on the entire website. Jesus did the job 
and his dad was the promoter, just like Jeff Jarrett's dad was a promoter. I'm not saying Jeff Jarrett is Jesus. I'm just saying if it turns out that Jeff Jarrett is Jesus, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick up your official Chair Shot merchandise. If you love us and enjoy what we do, hook them some brothers up, man. TheChairShot.com is not just a website. It's a movement. Balls, what were you saying? I didn't say anything. That was your segue to keep talking, man. Like, goddamn, oh. I can't oh. do it all. Okay, I'm not this. Okay. What, I'm LeBron on the on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, I got to do it all, huh? I, <laughs> okay. I mean, I wasn't sure if you were continuing, and you actually just heard things. For all I know, the senility is kicking in along with the erectile dysfunction. So, what, <laughs> what do we have aside from Blue Chew? Like, do we have a senile drug too? <laughs> My unit is just fine. Thank you very much. You talking all this shit, man. You're going to wake up tomorrow without your unit being enshrined. Like, it, 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 wait wait a couple months, man. It used to wake you up in the morning. Now it's just going to watch you tie your shoes. Balls, you're going to have a band unit. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, let's, let's just go to the next. Like, we didn't even really talk about the unit topic, did we, too much? Like, we just kind of went off. But yeah, what you get? Like, it could be cool if the Heart Foundation goes in. But uh, whatever, we'll f- we'll find out when it's official. And, right, let's and, and congratulations on. to St. Jo- S. D. Jones because I don't know any other non-active blacks that are that would go into the Hall of Fame, man. So this is the year, S. D. <laughs> this oh. your year, brother. Maybe it's Brickhouse a special Brown delivery. Oh yeah. Maybe Brickhouse Brown because he passed away last year, so it's kind of topical. True. But I mean, I wouldn't. I, I love Brickhouse, but I wouldn't say he had a Hall of Fame caliber career. I mean, what's Iceman King Parsons doing, man? He was always one of my guilty faves, one of my guilty pleasure faves. What's he up to? Let's pull out the Iceman. Let's defrost the Iceman and bring him to the WWE Titan Towers. Well, let's just. Hey, I got a. How about a different Ernest Miller? How about a different unit enshrinement? To be to not to yeah, not, but, to, but what about Harlem Heat getting inducted? And... Yeah, I could see that, but do you really think that they're no, going it's to not like, gonna, it, Yeah, it's not going to happen, but I think it should. I, yeah, no, I'm, it I, should. I, yes, no, I agree. with me. Yeah, that's one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Obviously, I'm biased, but still, like they're awesome. You're, you're still right. They were awesome in WC. I love them. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of which, man, congratulations! We buried the lead, man. Booker T announced that he was running for the presidential nomination last week, man. Congratulations to you, Booker. And I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for you, brother. Seriously? You're not voting for him, though, are you? Hell no. He can't even talk. <laughs> 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 My presidential platform is shucky ducky quack quack. I'm gonna go for five years. Five? No, it's four. Stop it! No, but my gimmick is five. No, no, no. It's it's in order for me to win. Everybody's everybody that votes for me is gonna have to vote five times, five times, five times, five times, five times. times. (laughs) We're gonna go uh, troops out of Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan. Now, can you dig that? Sucker! It really is going to turn into idiocracy, no, isn't no, no, it? Because he'd no. be a perfect Camacho right there. Listen, he's <laughs> going to run his GI bro, and when he gets in office, he'll be King Booker. <laughs> At the inauguration, just Charmel, all hail King Booker! And then what is it? The first war he declares, he does the WCW promo, where I'm coming for you, Platt. 
I can't yes. say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to say the end of that, but you know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Kim Jong Il, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, what a great time to kick it to Lord Alfred for the next topic and a little promotional consideration. <laughs> Stuttering best. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The Bullet Club means business in a tag team explosion. We will show you how it is done. The Dragon's screw leg <laughs> When New Beginning in Sapporo kicks off with a marquee matchup. Oh! Backdrop! Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada team up against Switchblade Jay White and Bad Luck Falling. Wait a minute! Blade Runner! Okada! Hang on a second now. Oh. All new. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Friday on Access TV. Access TV, a great way to access your New Japan wrestling right here in the United States of the Americas, if I may. Uh, but let's get to a brief message from your internet war chief, Andrew Belaz of the House of Snowflake Balls. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my god. <laughs> my fellow IWC, <laughs> we have to bring you the update on Japan because we haven't done that in a while. Um, the new beginning, much like it says, it is the beginning and it's new. First, we're in Sapporo for two nights. We have LIJ completely dominating Suzuki Goon. It's a clean sweep. Now, I know Mr. Platt would completely love the way Taichi and Tetsuya Naito's match went. Because he is a giant mark for Karate Kid. Because he makes that reference constantly. And this was something straight out of that fucking movie. Where <laughs> Taichi had the crazy man, Izuka, come out, beat the shit out of Naito with a ladder before the match started. And then they, they had the trainer come out, like Miyagi, and took him... I thought he was going to clap his hands together, rub him, and like make his leg better. I, I really did. I thought we were going to go that way. But instead, they just took him in the back to the trainer's room. Taichi pandered. Beautiful Miho Abe kind of like was doing up the heel things. Taichi was telling everybody to go home. The main event's over. Everybody was concerned. Naito can't do it. And Naito comes limping out, held up by his LIJ stablemate Bushi. And even though he got the hell beat out of him, he still decided to start the match, you know, looking like shit. And Taichi was just playing with him. So like the arrogant heel missed his opportunity, fucked around, and then got caught. Naito pile drivers him through a fucking table and eventually beats the shit out of him with one of those wonderful out of nowhere destinos. One, two, three, Tai Chi's done. But it was a hell of a spectacle. It was old school wrestling at its best, and the Karate Kid reference would definitely pop you. What do you think about that, Mr. Platt? Well, balls, I think <clears throat> you're Sweep the best the around. The Nothing's ever going to keep you down. down. You're the best. The best. Around, nothing's ever going to keep you down. Yeah, I actually have a question for you though. Where and I say this because this guy's WWE run was so disappointing, and 
through no fault of his own. He just seems snake bitten every time something good happened to him. It seems like an injury popped up and then ultimately he just kind of got lost in the sauce. So what do you think Kenta is going to do? Obviously, he's going back to Japan. Do you think that he's going to wind up in New Japan or is he going to go back to he was in Noah before, correct? You are correct on that one. I'll yes. give you a lot of points there, and that there's absolutely no no facetiousness about that, or you know, in 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 disingenuousness, because lots of people don't even know there's more than one company in Japan. So I saw so many tweets saying Kenta's going back to New Japan, and that that just made me cry. Like it just it was awful. But he should go back to to Noah. Noah just really? changed. He, he they just changed uh, ownership, so they're trying to kind of rebuild that way. Kenta was huge in Noah. Marafuji came out recently and said he's not going to retire, even though initially he was going to retire after he turned 40. But now he wants to raise Noah back up to prominence, so he's not going to retire until he does that. So that's good. Noah's got a lot of stuff going on. The only other option I could really see for Kenta would be All Japan. And, and that's just because he actually he started in All Japan because, as you know, Noah is a branch off of All Japan because Misawa took a, most of the roster and made Noah. So Kenta actually got his start in the All Japan dojo before Noah was even a thing. So there's there's some argument for All Japan, a lot of argument for Noah. If he ends up in New Japan, I think that might actually turn fans against him. That's interesting. But if I'm Noah or if I'm All Japan, you know, New Japan, because they just have that mass exodus, not saying their cupboard is completely bare, but they're the most vulnerable that they've been in years. So there is, a, you know, as slim the opportunity may be, there is a glimmer of an opportunity for a company to overtake them as the premier wrestling company in Japan right now because they are leaking. That is very and, true. And, and Kenta would be a huge get. He would be. So and let me ask you this, because I, I'm not that familiar with the, the, the Japanese culture and how things go over there. So why do you think if Kenta, to were to sign with New Japan, that would turn the fans against him. The same reason why there were many, many hardcore Noah fans that hated Daiji Ishimori for jumping ship to New Japan. Because when Ishimori left Noah, people thought that he was going to go to WWE or stay in Impact. And he did for like a month. And then when he debuted his Bone Soldier in New Japan, many people were not happy about that. Just to put it lightly, because... The Japanese are still much more respectful than we are here. So even their outrage seems, you know, cute to us. And the, the IWC outrage of just, you know, a finish going bad and how we think the bookers are retarded and how nothing is right and the world is falling and the fucking sky is imploding, like all that other shit. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of company bias and loyalty in Japan. So if Kento were just to go to New Japan and kind of leave Noah high and dry when he has the opportunity to help them rebuild, because much like you said... New Japan is vulnerable. So there's there's rumor going around that All Japan, Noah, and Wrestle One, which is Keiji Muto's company, might be trying to kind of do something together. And then you have the big Giant Baba Memorial Super Show in two weeks, I believe, which has... It, it's actually got a, a bunch of people from most of the, the companies, and it's got the ace of All Japan, Kento Miyahara, the ace of... I think it's I think it's Big Japan. It's one of the ones I don't follow too closely. It's Daisuke Sekimoto and Hiroshi Tanahashi are going to be the main event of that. So you're going to have a lot of intermingling. Marafuji is going to be in a tag match against 
uh, somebody from Dragon Gate, uh, Masaki Mochizuki, and Shun Skywalker. There's a big battle royal. So it, it, there's definitely a good good time for Japanese promotions to, as you said, kind of step it up a little bit because New Japan might trip. They might, might lose a step, miss a step, however you want to put it this year. And so there, there's a lot going on. So since this is our state of the Japanese unit, I mean union, I, I beg your pardon. Hey, hey unit, the Japanese unit. Uh, this, is, this is a small question, huh? So um, my, my next question I had is, does Jay White get a, a heavyweight title run this year? You worded that very well. Because I don't think he's getting it at New Beginning in Osaka, which is on the 9th. So I, I just, Ghetto and New Japan love to kind of do the struggle, the hero's journey type thing. And I don't think they'll give it to him first kind of shot, first blush, especially since it's Tanahashi's first defense off this really big emotional win. And, you know, everybody's happy that he's got the belt again. It would be a little soon to make him lose it already. But White looks like a million bucks. White tapped out Tanahashi in one of the earlier tag matches. Like, Fale took care of Okada, you know, White made Tanahashi tap out. Tanahashi's been getting his ass kicked by White this entire tour so far. So yeah, so have the blacks. <laughs> I'm just saying. So there, there's conventional nothing, logic. Nothing, I'm just okay. I'm moving past it. Nope, moving past it. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, that's too far. But you talking about rice? <laughs> that's too far. I have a line, sir. Okay. 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 Go <laughs> but, on. Go. On. <laughs> but no. Th- so there's conventional logic that says Tanahashi's gotten his ass kicked this entire like last week and a half or whatever. So he's gonna win the big match, sure. Or they could just have White look like a dominant force with his heel goon stable, basically. And then we'll see where that goes. So, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think White gets it this year, or he at least comes close to getting it this year, and then he gets it early next year. But, the, you know, this, this match coming up in Osaka on the 9th, that's really interesting to me. Because I think it really proves how far sold they are on Jay White right now, depending on how it finishes. So, what do you think... Kushida's impact will be in WWE. Depends on where he goes. <laughs> Honestly, if he stays in NXT for a while, that could be good because he, he's a very balanced wrestler. You know, you've seen enough Kushida matches. Yeah. He's got submission. He's got high flying. He's got striking ability. He's a total package completely. But you know, he's like five seven. You so. mean his his unit is fully enshrined? That's what you mean by total package? Yes, yes. There is full unit enshrinement for Kushida. You know, back to the future, any any kind of reference you want to make, yes, totally enshrined. And the funny thing is, since that this is going deep on the, the cuts, but since Rude and Gable use the time splitters, which was Kushida and Alex Shelley's finish, the out of time with the neckbreaker moonsault combo, that would be fucking hilarious if Kushida actually ends up having some kind of rivalry with Gable or something like that because he stole the finish. Like, it's deep, obviously, but eh, I, I, would, I would be amused. It would pop me. It's not going to happen, but it would pop me. But Kushida will be fine. Like, okay. there's, I have an issue with that. A couple more, and we'll, we'll move on here. Actually, a few more, because a couple's only two, and I have three. Well, actually, it's two, but it's a two-part. One is a two-part, so it's actually just two. <clears throat> Uh, do you think that there'll be any collaboration with um, AEW and New Japan on any level? And what matches are you seeing for the big super show that Ring of Honor and 
and New Japan are having in the Garden Mania weekend? Good question, because I'm going to the Supercard. Of course you are. Yes, of course I am. (laughs) Oh, that should be interesting, but we can't really put that card together until we see how it all shakes out in this coming weekend. But your other question about the AEW and New Japan thing, that's all up to Omega, I think. If Omega ends up signing with AEW, New Japan, I think, will rethink their position of not wanting to work with AEW right away because there's been plenty of information out there that says New Japan still wanted to work with Kenny Omega. So it, that all hinges on Omega. If they get Omega, yes. If they don't, then no. New Japan is away from AEW for a little bit. That brings up another question because I know Ray and I, we've been we went back and forth on this on ChairShot, which you can uh, watch us every Sunday evening on ChairShot Radio Network. Check your mm-hmm. local listings. But we went back and forth on the Omega situation because Ray is under the impression that the safe bet for him would be to go to AEW. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think the safe bet would be to go to WWE. Like you're going to be paid well. You're going to make at least seven. You're going to make at least seven figures, probably higher than that. You're going to to be positioned as the top guy and you're going to have the opportunity to move up the card because you come in with that cachet. I think AEW is the unknown and I think that would be the uh, the less safe of his options because you don't know what's going to happen with that. I agree with you that WWE is the safer option but the funny thing I don't know if you or Ray watch being the elite but they, they tend to really hint at more in that show than you get from any wrestling show they're on. And they had an interesting angle with Omega. And I think he called Nick in his hotel room. And he basically had this really vague thing about how I've got these two choices. And, oh, you know, oh, Nick, Nick, Nick Jackson, one of the young bucks, for those that don't know who he's talking correct. about. Go ahead. Yes, Go ahead. yes, yes. So... And then he was saying, talking about two choices, and he's like, yeah, I get people were saying I could do both of them eventually, but, you know, wh- which one should I start with? And, you know, Nick interpreted it, much like the rest of us would, with AEW, WWE. And See, he was I, trying- I interpreted it between um, <clears throat> Kota Ibushi and uh, uh, Ai Sharona. That's how I interpreted it. <laughs> leave Io Shirai alone. That's, that's Kyrie Sane's girlfriend. You leave her alone. But... Ai <laughs> Sharona... Yeah, I get it. But no, but the funny, the, the twist on that was Kenny was just talking about the new Resident Evil game that came out. Well, the remake of two that came out on Steam, and he was choosing between the Claire Path or the Leon Path. And then Nick Jackson was just annoyed and confused because he's Dude. like, I don't play video games. Go away. Like, whatever. Just play your fucking thing. That's, that's so, well played. That's good. It, it is well played, yeah. But the, his phone has the, the counter like theirs did for AEW. So I don't, I don't know what we're we're dealing with exactly like could that be a red herring maybe but uh, i don't know i, I don't know I, so, i'm not gonna make any guesses on that one so last question and then we'll, we'll move on and we'll get out of here and this is probably the most important question that i've asked this whole state of the uh, japanese unit uh-huh. when does tokyo 3k make his triumphant debut on american soil <laughs> I knew it was going to be a Tokyo 3K. I just knew it. You always get that one in there. Uh, well, I, you know, I heard he was training at the New Japan LA Dojo. Uh, do you have any information on that one? 
I do not, but I think that we need to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get a Tokyo 3K t-shirt up there. <laughs> That's oh, what I think. Yes. Oh, that, that would be pretty good. We just have to figure out how to do that. Huh. Yes, but that's one that's got to be up there. But until we get that one up there, make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up the great, fabulous designs that we already have up there for you all. That's a good plug. I, I like the way you plug the Pro Wrestling Tees store. Bruh, they don't call me the MVP just because it's, the shit sounds cool. Like, I'm the Don of this shit, brother. That's what I do. I don't know. The more I listen to these shows, the more I think you call yourself the... MVP more than anyone else does. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Go, go, go holler at your commander in chief. See what he say. Who's that? Not, not, not the IWC war chief. I mean, <laughs> hey, I just had my state of the Japanese unit enshrinement or whatever we're calling this. So hey, yes, who, who's the real commander in chief? <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Now we'll get Kaitai on the phone and we'll take care of the situation promptly. Ooh, choppy, choppy, the PP. Too, but Last? Takamichi Noku is too busy cheating on his wife. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, I just, add, I just want to add one thing here. Speaking of unit enshrinement, a shout out to the Edge and Christian show. Recently had a wonderful character on their variety show. It's kind of a cross between variety and, uh, you know, just a hardcore wrestling fan show. If you haven't seen it, check it out on the WWE Network for $9.99 a month, $10.55 after tax. A wonderful character named. Paul Smackage, whose finisher is the small package. <laughs> That's funny. Is that a Daniel Bryan character? So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> God damn, I was hoping you got rid of that soundbite. I'm Speaking surprised of- you haven't added anything from Super Troopers 2. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'll make it a point this weekend. I got three movies on the DVR right now. Super Troopers 2, Tag, and Uncle oh, Drew. Okay. And Uncle Drew. I'm, I think Uncle Drew is going to be first to watch. <laughs> Uncle Drew was actually really cute, man. I watched it, it on a Sunday night. Yeah, because it, it, okay. it's on HBO now. Yep, yep. I record it. I yeah. look, look at the HBO and record the good ones. So I think Tag will be pretty good. I've been waiting on Super Troopers 2. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh... Super Troopers 2 was good. I, I watched it. It's, it's not bad. Granted, it's not as good as the first one. But it's not bad, and they don't lean on the first one that much. They don't make too, too many references. It still kind of stands alone as its own thing. Plus, there, there's the Mounties. The Mounties are fantastic. Will Sasso is one of the Mounties. That's all I'm going to tell you. Oh, fair enough. He, and he, he, he could be funny. He does a hell of a Stone Cold. I know that. He no. is, and he does a very like stereotypical bad like you know French-Canadian kind of <laughs> accent <laughs> where he's talking – like this and about all that other thing and he like oh you're freaking american and all that stuff <laughs> speaking <laughs> of the Mountie, whole big danny devito get you remember when the Mountie won get. the title at a house show they didn't count it you remember when they didn't count you know flares four reigns or whatever it was when he dropped it and flipped it in like korea and japan and all that stuff he did should that have 20 really, but he's got the Mountie. 16 did that really happen like i i, I wasn't aware that that was a thing what flair I know. I know oh. Flair's got like 25 title reigns if we really want to count them up. I know that, but yeah. I'm talking about this Mountie thing. I think it was 92. What was it, like a rib on, or something? Or? No, it was Why a didn't they count and it? They just, I, I think it was a decision reversal or something the next day. Or... Oh, so oh, a so politics reason for storyline. Yeah. Was it, was it in Canada? I, I believe it was, so blame Canada. Oh, yes. man. 
Okay. Mm. Well, I'm not gonna blame Canada, man. I don't have no no. I have nothing against Canadians. Hey, the Mountie's a Canadian hero. He can't need a pin in Canada. <laughs> no, he's got a point. Like, you want to do business in Canada, right? You got to have some Canadians. Well, you know what, Platt? You talked about being the MVP. You want to talk about somebody that's an official NFL Super Bowl MVP? You say that as if my MVP moniker is unofficial, and I don't like that wording. I, I like the jab. It was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you see him stroking the non-existing yeah, goatee yeah, as he's like, like the it. official? Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> you're not the official MVP. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> Grow some facial hair, and then maybe you can talk some shit to me. But until that time. <laughs> or just grow some hair, period. Wow. <laughs> you don't like it when I got hair. But yeah, when you don't have it, you look like a circumcised penis. So I got a hard on. You, you look like a circumcised like. unit. Did you yeah. just say you have a hard on? No, I said never. God damn it. <laughs> I'm playing this. Shut the fuck up. This whole show about unit enjoyment and blue chew. That's all this is. <laughs> this is, this is going to be rated TVMA. I see that now, man. <laughs> hey, we're at yeah. the oh, back nine right. of this one. It's fine. Tom. People probably tuned out by now. You got it. We can say anything this Julian, did you know coming into the game that you could have a performance like that? Uh, I wasn't focused on that. I was just trying to go out and have a, a good week of practice and, and do my job. And, um, you know, sometimes the, the cookie crumbles that way. How much does it mean to you to win another Super Bowl title and on top of it to be the most valuable player? It just matters that we won, man. It was it, it was a crazy year. We had a resilient bunch of guys. It was unreal, man. I had, I mean, it was like a home game here. We love you guys here. It was awesome. Congratulations, Julian. Uh, I appreciate it. Most valuable player, Julian Edelman. Gentlemen, Julian Edelman, talk about me the controversies that people are bringing up now with him and being suspended. In addition. What he may or may not need to do to get into the W uh, the WWE <laughs> the, the NFL <laughs> the NFL <laughs> there's another the NFL I'll leave that one in the NFL Hall of Fame. Okay, so let me let me um I'll, I'll answer your first question first. So the dude got suspended. What he was taking a what he uh he popped on a drug test. Is that what it was? Well, the controversy is yes. So he got suspended the first four games. And a lot of people are bringing up the fact in baseball, if you get suspended for that, you're also suspended those games on top of that year in which you play postseason. Well, that's a little harsh. Well, yeah, but baseball so, has so 9,000 games and 50 <laughs> postseason games. We don't get that luxury of football. No, you, you he missed four games. What's that? That's like, a what, an eighth of the season? Quarter. Or like a quarter of his season? Well, it's like a fifth because they always go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, yeah same difference. Yeah, so, I mean... That's 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 fair and equitable. I have a different stance on drugs than most people. I and, and you know and, and the reason that is because my aunt Betty, rest her soul, she had real bad back problems and she had real knee, bad knee problems. So you know, as a child growing up, I knew that she was on steroids because they they you know steroids when when taken properly under medical care and supervision, excuse me, they do have a positive effect. So I don't look at them the same way. Plus, the money that these guys are competing for, how can I get mad at them? 
Like, you know, I, I make the argument all the time. Alex Rodriguez, he got popped by steroids. Okay, but he also made half a billion dollars playing baseball. So, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let, 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 let's get off our high horses here. Like, seriously. How many of you motherfuckers go to work drunk or, or stoned? Like, for real. Making, you know, 10 bucks an hour at the Home Depot. Like, come on, man. Let's let's get off the hypocrisy. So I don't, that, you know, that's I don't. None of us here. We're all good like that. Yeah, but I, I don't look. I don't look at drugs the same way others look at drugs, man. I don't. I don't shut my nose down because everybody gets high on something. Um, as far now, as far as his MVP. So to my understanding, the, the uh, score of the game was thirteen to three. Is that correct? That is correct. There was one touchdown scored. Is that correct? That is correct. Did, did Mr. Edelman score the touchdown? He no, said he no. did not. It was a rushing touchdown. He didn't, even set up the t- he didn't even set up the touchdown. Edelman had over 140 yards, and he set up a lot of the earlier ball control drives because every third down they threw it to him, and he got like 15, 20 per chunk because, you know, you, you don't double cover the only guy Brady's throwing it to all day. <laughs> but did he score the game-winning touchdown? No, he did not. So shouldn't that guy have been the MVP? Be- no, because the running back didn't really do anything all day. All game and Edelman. What? There, honestly, there was only two arguments I could even make. Edelman because he was he was instrumental in the Patriots controlling the ball away from the Rams, or Stephen Gilmore, the cornerback, who had the interception as the Rams were driving to try to tie up the game, possibly take a lead if they went for two or however that went. So Gilmore had the clutch interception and he played really well on top of it, and Edelman was just clutch in regard to i think he was like six of the seven or eight first downs that the patriots had all game or did, y'all, that did, did y'all enjoy the game by the way <sighs> enjoy no but it was competitive it was close it wasn't the worst super bowl in history because i'm pretty sure we all remember the buffalo bills getting their asses blown off by fucking the dallas cowboys twice and and then you got the fucking Giants who scored seven points and the Ravens scored like 33 or whatever. And that wasn't even close to fun. At least this was close. And there was an argument made for both teams at different points of, hey, you know, if they just complete this pass or actually put offense together, maybe they'll win. What did you think, PC? I enjoyed myself during the game. Okay, fair enough. I did too, man. I took a, a nice, refreshing nap. PC's also on that blue chew. That's why he enjoyed himself. That's <laughs> <laughs> incorrect. Unit enshrinement as well as Hall of Fame enshrinement. So Just who so who enshrined your unit, sir? Was it Tom Brady or was it his wife, Giselle? People want to know. It's no problem either way, man. Like whatever, man. It's your journey. It's true. Come on, Tommy. Yeah, it's yeah. you. I, Which I, one? I yeah. I, 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 it that, could have been Edelman. He's got that luscious. Beard. You might want yeah, some of it. That's yeah, what that is. Yeah, beard envy, Mr. Tunney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now, the, the, the second, second part of your question, though, man. Judy, Julian, fan, Edelman. <laughs> Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. They're clearly going to put him in because there are the media is already laying the groundwork, and y'all know how this works, man. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. I would put Wes Walker in before I put him in, and I don't think he's a Hall of Famer either. I, I tend to subscribe to the uh, Skip Bellis theory when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Like, when you name the guy 
and you ask he's a, if he's a Hall of Famer, if your immediate answer isn't yes, that means that person's not a Hall of Famer. Like if you have to think for a hot second or whatever the case may be, then they're not a Hall of Famer. I, agree I mean, 100%. I don't disagree with that at all. I 100% agree. And I think that's what Tony just said, too. But my but argument... They're, they're clearly laying the groundwork to get him in, though. So, it, I mean, it's are. a moot point. And, I mean, the NFL is basically the WWE at this point anyway. So, who cares? But but go ahead. Well, yeah. But Ed- Edelman's also still got a couple years, probably, because he's only, what, 10 years in the league? He's like 32. So, he he's still got some time, especially since... Brady and the Patriots run the kind of offense they do, so he could put together a couple more numbers. And I, I was I was on that Skip Bayless train. I agree that if if you say it, you should know it. But the thing that throws me is this previous year they inducted Terrell Davis. Now Davis was wonderful, and he was the reason why the Broncos won those two Super Bowls and why Elway has rings. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but he played for like seven seasons, and people only remember those two really so his his i guess breadth of work doesn't really match up to like a ladanian tomlinson or like an eddie george or earl campbell or walter payton or anything like or even roger craig like so the fact that davis is in there with a very limited actual career and mostly just postseason highlights that gives you an argument to say Edelman will probably get in. Well, I mean, two times Super, well, two times Super Bowl champion. Like you said, he got John Elway, his two rings, and he rushed for 2,000 yards one season as well. So, I mean, I, I, I feel what you're saying because I didn't think that that TD would get in because his body of work was so limited. But Correct. I know, but, but, you know, you can make the argument. With Edelman, it's tough because it's a pass-happy league now, so everybody's stats are inflated. You know what I mean? So it's it. it I, I I I don't know, man. All this shit is subjective, man. It's a bunch of old ass sports writers that still chew on their cigars and use typewriters that are making these decisions. Oh Mellon yeah. Farmers that never even you know stepped foot on a football <laughs> they're, field. They're morons because as soon as they took an extra year or whatever it was to vote To in, I lost all respect for all of them. Well, that was game because they didn't like To. They were they called they themselves. Who gives a fuck him. about his personality? He put numbers. He put up numbers. Put butts in seats. He was fun as fuck to watch. Busted his ass. Is two and three in most of the actual important categories. Who gives a fuck if he's an asshole? Michael Jordan's an asshole, and nobody's gonna fucking bat an eyelash at that. I agree, but Michael Jordan got everybody rich, and you, and you know how this shit go, man. All this you know, shit's you can tell politics. You yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just what it is. Like, yeah. How is Barry Bain? Barry Baines, Jesus Christ. How is Barry <laughs> Bonds not in the Hall of Fame? Like, so, you, so the all-time hit leader, the all-time home run leader, and arguably the greatest player ever, and arguably the greatest pitcher ever, and none of these melon farmers are in the Hall of Fame. Okay, cool, because they were the only ones doing shit. All right, cool. There's nobody in the Hall of Fame that was doing steroids. Cool. All well, right. Nobody was caught. <laughs> Can I tell you guys the difference between Terrell Davis and Julian Edelman? Sure. I'm like, scared. Okay, the angle you're taking I'm on scared. this. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. This, but here's the difference: Terrell Davis, his rookie year, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. His second year, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. His third year, 1,750 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns. These are rushing touchdowns. His fourth year, 2,008 yards, 21 rushing touchdowns. Three All Pros, three Pro Bowls. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Had a combined, hmm, 
I don't know, 58 plus 11 is 69 catches in his first four years, and then he finally caught a bunch of passes. He hasn't played a full season ever. Mm-hmm. He has 53.90 for for uh, receiving yards. I'm aware. And he's and never had more than six, seven receiving touchdowns in a yeah. season. And I think he's, he's never been a pro bowler on his career. He's never been. He's never been a Pro Bowler or an All Pro. True, but he's been voted into that stupid NFL Top 100 that's voted by your peers for the last like three years. I think he's got three Super Bowls. He's got. Then why the don't MVP his peers now. vote him into a Pro Bowl? <laughs> because I think that there's three parts to that, isn't it? It's fan vote, peer vote, and writer vote, right? Yeah, I think that's how it goes. So even if you have the 33%, we don't need Steiner math to tell you that 66 is higher than 33. So Well, if you take that 33% and then <laughs> you cut fine. it in half and divide it by three, it goes to the sure. 76%. If the Julian Edelman was that sacrifice, <laughs> he, he's not a normal man. See, normally you'd have a 25% chance, but with him it's even less than that. It's like 12.5, and then you take the 12.5, divide it by zero, and yeah, I don't know. But Edelman also played behind Walker, I think, for the first couple of years. So he was like seventh string on the Patriots depth chart. So there, there's a lot of incongruities. I get that. Or incongruencies. That's the right word. But the point I was getting at was TD still didn't have the full career. Yes, his numbers were more impressive when you break it down season by season. But he still only played like seven or eight seasons. He didn't have a long career like most people in the Hall of Fame do. Yeah, but eight seasons—that's that's full enough, especially for what oh, he yeah. accomplished. Like, I'm I not, know. I'm, I'm, especially I'm with the mileage he put on his legs. I get that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I'm, I, like I said earlier, man, I, I didn't think he would get in because of his short career, but he, I, I, he, he warrants, you know. Plus, he seemed to be a nice guy, and everybody liked him. Which, again, oh, this is what he, this he all seems about awesome. anyway. Don't get me wrong. Like Sterling so. Sharp's awesome too, but his career was cut short. Yeah, he should be a Hall of Famer as well. Like. Amen. You know he's the best. He's the best receiver I mean, in that family. Of course, you and, agree. And Shannon he's the say that. Fucking Sterling Sharp. <laughs> yeah. Like even Shannon to this day, he'll tell you he's the second best receiver in his family. Oh no, I, I agree with that completely, and I know I've heard Shannon say it himself. So it was yeah. ridiculous. I mean, like Favre would only look to one side of the field, and he would still complete the ball to Sterling Sharp every fucking time. Oh yeah. No, you're right. But Bubba Franks was good, but he wasn't a host Sterling Sharp. <laughs> Like Bubba, Bubba Franks. Franks. He that's had a couple first, good years. That's the first time anybody's mentioned Bubba Franks in like 15 years, bro. I mean, it, it still it was noticeable enough to pull it out of my ass. You know what I mean? And like Donald Driver was, he's a receiver, obviously. He's not a tight end, but you know, he was another blanket for Favre and for Rodgers. So that's funny. I saw Donald Driver when I was uh, when we were flying into uh, Dallas for WrestleMania 32. We were at the airport, and I came up to him and, and said, "Just grab anybody's bag, man. Who cares?" He started laughing. Just you know, we shared a moment. You all have these little wrinkles of people, don't you? I was because I was actually about to name drop To as well. I had an opportunity to uh, uh, spend some time with To. Not a whole lot of time, but I mean, he was a cool dude. Like, granted, I never had to play with him or for him. Or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, I, he was never in my employment, but I can, mm. you know, you can only judge people by your interactions with him. And he was a cool ass dude, man. I, I can't argue that because, you know, he always seemed cool as shit. You know, he's full of himself, but what sports star isn't? Like, he he believed his own hype and he fucking backed it up. Tio was a fucking shit. man. You, <laughs> better have, 
you better have an ego in this world because the world will kick your ass, man, and try to strip you down to nothing. So you better have an ego to protect yourself and arm yourself when you step out that door every day. I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a little game from your Uncle Chris. Now we're going to go ahead and take it home for you. Uh, Mr. Balls, let the good folks know where they can find you and your unit enshrinement. Oh, see, they, they can find me bringing up Dorsey Lefts and Bubba Franks and anybody else <laughs> in the 90s. Because, you know, Jamal Anderson, that dirty bird, was fucking awesome, too. But Keith Jackson, since we go with <laughs> <laughs> the back of the you know, Shout out to Keith Jackson and this bitch. Uh, Steve but, Largent, we'll go all the way back. To, you know, oh, Steve. we could, yes. Jim Zorn and Steve Largent, that was a great connection right there from the 70s. Uh, we just get Howard Dean on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but alright you can find me on the twitter at IWC Warchief maybe not giving a state of the unions about Japanese wrestling but you know I I still say things on occasion and (laughs) and you know I write stuff occasionally to to either Platt's chagrin or sometimes he agrees with it but uh, you know all that stuff is you can find that on thechairshot.com and you can find a couple other podcasts I'm on at that same place, thechairshot.com, Chairshot Radio Network. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan right now. Platt, how about you? I'm Christopher Platt, and I approve that message. All right. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Again, on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Check me out most Sunday nights. Um, we didn't get to put up a show this Sunday, but y'all no listen to it anyway because y'all were off watching the Super Bowl so who gives a shit but you can find me Sunday nights on Chair Shot Radio at the Chair Shot Radio Network more importantly than all of that make sure you all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot please pick up your Jesus shirt and even if you don't get a Jesus shirt get a shirt if you enjoy what we do you enjoyed all the content we provide you between our news reviews and analysis of the wild wonderful wacky world of wrestling and the podcast Help us out, man. Hook some brothers up, man. And I think we got some sisters in there, too, man. Hook us up. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Show us your appreciation, if you will. And we've got a lot of new and cool things coming up as well. So stay tuned, man. It's about to get it's about to get a little crazy here at the chair shot. But again, the chairshot.com. Remember, we're not just a website, we're also a movement. Mr. Tunney. Ah, you can find me at PC Tunny on the Twitter, and make sure you check out at Podcast DWI. Tons of great articles right now on thechairshot.com. Um, just was commenting on a few of those on the Twitter and uh, Podcast uh, DWI on the Twitter as well. Sounds good. Um, by the way, thank you, Aesop Mitchell, for uh, guest hosting with us last week. Man, <laughs> I, I really do appreciate it. I know he and I, we, we go back and forth with our kayfabe beef sometimes, but he, he really is a, uh, he's a very talented guy, very talented wrestler. And from our conversations that we've had offline, he actually seems like a really good dude. So if uh, he comes anywhere in your town, man, or close to your town in the Midwest, man, you guys better have your face in the plate. Go support that man. CP, I accidentally called him trying to uh, get in touch with you guys because I had the old Skype call from last week and it just said CNA and I thought that was Chris and Andrew and uh, he answered while you were rebooting there he's like oh hey what's going on and I'm like uh, <laughs> you're, you're not Andrew <laughs> <laughs> astute observation <piece>. <laughs> but that, that was a fun show last week too I, I give Aesop credit for showing up on his birthday and you know uh, taking the abuse from Chris like he did. 
took it in stride. It was nice. Touche, touche. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to you guys. If we offended you, kiss my unit in Shryman. I was going to say good. If we offended you, fucking good. <laughs> it, a, it, will, it was probably deal. Andrew that was offensive. You know, I'm charming, so I can get away with that sort of thing. You motherfucker. Continue. I have in my day. Yes, I, I have used my unit to enshrine a mother every now and again, but I'm a one-woman man now, and she is not yet with child. So that's neither here nor there. Anyway, <laughs> that's what you balls. guys <laughs> Next week, there's a surprise for Chris Platt. Is it going to be a plus? Is it a minus? Is it blue? Is it pink? Find out next week after she pisses on the stick. <laughs> uh, someone's going to have a gender next reveal week. party. Pop, way to bring it full circle for PC Tunney the Commissioner for Andrew Snowflake Belass I'm Christopher Platt thank you guys for tuning in until next time Shalom hit it Carly And now, a special announcement. We take you to thechairshot.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is PC Tunney, and right here with me, I have Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we're going to get his thoughts right here, right now, on Bret Hart's possibly being inducted twice into the WWE Hall of of fame. <laughs> if you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs>